Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to hear from Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver Kenny Lawler and other members of the Bombers talking about the receiver's impaired driving arrest and the remorse he has shown since he was arrested Monday morning. We're also going to talk to Kelly Moore ahead of the Jets' final home preseason game Wednesday night against the Flames. That's all on the podcast. The news broke that receiver Kenny Lawler had been arrested under suspicion of impaired driving. This was not a leak. It wasn't, you know, tried. It wasn't covered up by the team or anything like that. They came out, said it right away. Hey, this is what happened. Lawler came to us, said this is what happened, and the result is a one-game suspension for Kenny Lawler imposed by the team. He will not play Friday. He is still practicing with the team, and today Lawler talked to the media about what he's dealt with over the past 48 hours, the ramifications, the consequences of his own decisions. We will now hear what Lawler had to say today, starting with his opening statement. Hey, y'all. I just want to take this time to apologize to my coaches, my teammates, the organization, my family. Um the bomber community, the fans, and uh, as I know, I'm truly sorry that, um, you know, for me to go out and disappoint many people, many people that look up to me, um, this was a mistake. It was a selfish decision, a, a just a bad decision on my part that I knew better not to get stepped in that car. So I'm sorry to everyone out there. Um, and then he took questions, and he was asked uh, to go into detail about what he would say to those that look up to him. For instance, kids in the community that have seen him lead the league in receiving yards through nine weeks of the season. Man, so anyone out there, I knew, for me, this is something I never thought that would happen. And I know there's a lot of people out there right now that think like that, that, no, this ain't going to happen to me. I'm not going to get pulled over. I'm not going to get in a, tra- a crash. And to be honest, it could happen to anyone. And I want everyone to be out there, out there to be very smart about the decisions they make. And um, I'm just thankful and blessed that I ain't hurt nobody. I didn't even hurt myself. And something like this could be, could, could be 10 times worse. So I just want the kids, fans, adults, just anyone just to really think twice about the things and the decisions that you're about to make when you're um, when you're not in the right mind. And um, once again, I am sorry. He was asked what was going through his mind as he was being arrested. <laughs> Made a mistake. Um, I, you know, being immature. Um, you know, I pride myself of coming in as a matured veteran and, you know, something like this happening it's it's not a good look for me it's not a good look for a team and I'm just like I'm just real sorry just for having to put a lot of people through this we'll get to what his teammates had to say also today but he was asked himself what he said to his teammates how he apologized to them and the support he's been getting from them one the support from my teammates have been amazing um I'm embarrassed (laughs) Uh, I was, man, I was dreading walking in this locker room, having to deal with, you know, everything that's happened and transpired. 
And as soon as I walked in this locker room, man, um, I was just, you know, being hugged on. You know, I was people were coming, patting me on my back, letting me know that I'm about to get through this because I feel like, man, like I, I was feeling the worst ever and that I could not get through it. And, you know, with the teammates and my family that know, um, they've been very supportive. And for my message that I, I told the team, I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm, I let y'all down. I took myself off the field this Friday. Just, I'm sorry I let you down and just in the community, just, just a lot of things. And, you know, I just wanted to let them know that I'm sorry because this is something that I don't, don't want to, you know, have on my shoulders. And it's, it's the, in the reality of the situation is that, this is what I'm going through, and I wanted to let them know that I make a, that I made a mistake, and well, most importantly, when I come back, I'm going to be a better a man, a father, um, a teammate, a player, and um, I believe this is going to be a very important step, a turning point in my in my career. You're not going to forget this, but can you put it behind you and move on and continue to help the Bombers win? I have to find a way, and I believe I will, especially with all the support that I get from my coaches, from, from my players, from my family. I, it's, it's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get by it. I'm going to get through it. On the topic of family, what was the toughest phone call he had to make over these last 48 hours? Um, toughest phone call was probably calling my family and letting them know everything that happened. Um, talking to my son, talking to my woman. Um, that's really the toughest, toughest phone call. Just because, you know, I want to be able to lead by example. Um, I was raised better to make better decisions. Like I remember now, like my dad always talking about, you need to be a leader, not a follower. And, you know, I'm just, just thinking about all that, and you know, that was that was the toughest phone call I had to make. Besides, you know, notifying the team. So, did he talk to his dad? Well, you know, I was kind of embarrassed to talk to him. Um, I didn't know if I was going to call him. He reached out to me. I knew he was going to, and I think I was kind of waiting for that. And um, he reached out to me and let me know that he heard and that he loves me and uh, that he's here for me. That is Kenny Lawler, receiver for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who again yesterday was arrested on suspicion of impaired driving and will not play this Friday against the Edmonton Elks. Reaction as well from his teammates. Let's start with Adam Bighill, linebacker, CFL veteran. Uh, you know, something like this is always is a bit disappointing, right? Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we have to accept it. We have to move on. We have to just keep going about our process. And, and really, you know, Kenny's apologized and, you know, he's, he's owned up to it. So, um, for us, we just, we move on. And when Kenny's ready to come back and, you know, he'll be back ready to go. So yeah, just move on and, and go play ball and do, do what we do. You know, this game is always about the next man up and it's going to be someone else's opportunity to go in and play and, and show what they can do. And, you know, that's why we got, you know, so many guys in this locker room is is to be able to come and play when you're called on. So, um, you know, I think we got to do a good job focusing on the task at hand and our process every single day. So, um, you know, I, 
but what I've seen already, this has already been moved on, and it's not going to be a distraction at all. Here's Andrew Harris, who himself was suspended in 2019 for two games for a failed drug test. Things happen, and uh, you know this. This way, you have brothers and teammates, and and uh, and and family, and we, you know, we stick together, and we we have Kenny's back, and um, you know, understanding that people make mistakes, and you know that uh, he's remorseful, and um, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna have his back, and I mean, uh, you know. We, we, we've talked about it internally and, you know, we realize that, that it is what it is and, you know, we got to just move on from it now. So that's exactly what we're doing. You know, it's uh, a non-issue for, from us now. And, you know, we, we've kind of handled it internally and, and talked about it internally. And, you know, now it's uh, for us, it's water under the bridge and we're just going to keep moving forward. And quarterback Zach Kolaris. You know, it's unfortunate, obviously, uh, the situation that, uh, you know, Kenny has ultimately put himself in, you know, um, you know he's been very remorseful. Um, you know, you speak with him last night. He really understands uh, the magnitude of the decision that he made and the position that he put himself into and how that, how it could affect him and not just him, but obviously others, you know, when you make a decision like that to get behind the wheel and drive, uh, you know, when you're inebriated like that. So um, it's not easy to talk about, um, you know, again, guys are frustrated. Um, you know, angry, uh, you know, all those things, you know, while at the same time, you know, remembering that he's a, a teammate of ours, you know, he's a brother of ours. And, uh, you know, we, we, have to, we have to be there for him as well. And, and again, he was very, he's been very, you know, forthcoming and, um, you know, trying to be as, as accountable as he possibly can be for the mistake that he did make. And he's shown a lot of remorse and, you know, I, I think he gets it. Let's hear from Winnipeg Blue Bomber head coach Mike O'Shea, who today normally closes out the press availabilities. Normally we hear from the players and then the coach. Today the coach went first to talk about the arrests for impaired driving of receiver Kenny Lawler. Variety of things in no particular order. You know, concern, obviously, health and welfare of the player. Uh, disappointment, obviously. You go through the range of emotions. There's some anger involved, and then you take it back to the, the, the person, uh, the, you know, the, the player and teammate that, that we have here that we all like and enjoy, and, and it quickly, you know, writes your train of thought into, all right, what does he need? How do we – what's the team need then, and, and how do we move forward? Did you have to have a stern chat about how, what – Kenny did was wrong. Kenny being the type of guy that he is, when we met yesterday, it was very, very obvious that I didn't need to spend a lot of time on on the behavior. <laughs> you know, um, if the reaction was different, then my reaction would be different. But it's quite apparent he was quite upset at the mistake and the decision he made. And Mike's not worried about it becoming a distraction. I'm not concerned about that. I, the way practice was today, I, I believe the players are, are certainly focused. They know this happened. Um, obviously, they can't change that, so then they can't do anything about it except move forward, right, and and be great teammates as they move forward. And Harris had a similar answer. I mean, I, I think uh, all of you guys on the call are probably talking about it more than we are. Um, you know, we're, we're really just uh, next man up. You know, we, we Kenny, Kenny talked to the team, and, you know, we, we realize what it is and, you know, and, and that, that it is what it is. And, you know, we got to move forward. Um, we have we have capable receivers that are going to come and step up and, and, you know, hopefully fill the void. And, 
you know, we, we got a, we got a great team that'll rally around, um, you know, anyone that's coming in that's new and might not be as experienced and, you know, and we'll rally around Kenny um, in the locker room and until he's back. And again, Kel- Kenny is being allowed to practice with the team, though he's not playing on Friday. And Mike O'Shea was asked about this today. Because I, I think it's important, um, you know, once again, one of the things I'm in charge of is is our players' uh, safety, health, and well-being, right? So I do think that, you know, Kenny understands that he's being suspended for a game and he, and he is punished that way. If I tell Kenny to remove himself from the team and uh, sit at home by himself for X number of days, I don't think that's healthy for Kenny. I don't think it's healthy for the team. I think there's a, a process that has to that we have to go through, and the process needs to start immediately. And part of that process is Kenny being around. And I'm sure there's uh, obviously some um, – you know, some emotions that Kenny's going to go through as he's facing his teammates that he has to go through. But it's better to go through it now than let it stew. And, you know, once again, my concern and, you know, take it as an injured player. I don't want them uh, to sit at home. You know, I want them to be a part of it. I want them to feel the support from their teammates. And I want them to uh, understand their teammates' emotions too and, and deal with it and, and get through it, work through it as a team because it'll – obviously make us a better team anytime you face adversity it does and this is what it comes down to if you're a little bit on the fence about the punishment whether it's too light or too harsh i don't have an opinion on it i don't feel like i'm qualified to say what the right reaction is in a situation like this there will be some that say it's not enough that maybe he should be kicked off the team the bombers made it clear that they love him as a person he's a human being that made a mistake would it be different if someone got hurt in this? Certainly. And there's the hope that he, Lawler and really all humans stop drinking and driving. That would be the wish. We're not in a utopia, though. We know it's going to continue. You don't want anybody to do it. But Lawler did it. He knows that. He has said sorry. He sounds absolutely sincere and remorseful about it. He will have to sit out a game which is a paycheck that he won't get. And then he'll come back, it sounds like. And the Bombers will be ready to have him back. As far as what it means on the field, it means that Naaman Roosevelt is likely to play on Friday. We wanted to start with the news of the day from the Bombers, and that's what that was. We will have preseason hockey for you tomorrow night on CJOB. 7 o'clock puck drop. Flames at Jets. 5 o'clock pregame coverage begins. And who is the man hosting our coverage? That would be Kelly Moore, who joins us now. Kelly, first of all, uh, you're a Red Sox fan. Are you hoping that they beat the Yankees tonight, or do you care that much? I expect, demand, and would definitely prefer that the Bull Sox move on uh, to get shellacked by whoever right. they play. I guess it'll be Race. Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they'll get taken out quickly. They'll get, they'll, you know, they'll be put out of their misery. But, uh, but as long as, as long as it's not the Yankees. Exactly. That's my attitude yeah. as well. All right. So looking ahead to, uh, to tomorrow night, this final home preseason game, they made a lot of cuts yesterday. 11 players sent down to the moose, including three forwards that all cleared waivers today. So we're, we're kind of left to the, the nitty-gritty here, Kelly. What's your read on where things sit with the battle for these final spots on the Jets roster here? 
Well, uh, I wish Paul Maurice would call me into his coach's room so that I could share my vast wisdom and well, knowledge. Well, social distancing but, rules, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, you know what, I don't think they'd let me within 100 miles of that room if they thought that I was going to try and tell them who to pick. But uh, just in terms of, of seeing what has happened over the course of training camp, and, you know, it's always a subjective thing in the drills, Christian, but I always look for little things like, can I, you know, did the player pick up the puck cleanly uh, along the wall? Because how many times do you see uh, a scoring play uh, created at one of the ice because a guy just couldn't take a puck off the boards cleanly? So, you know, watch for those kind of things. Watch for, uh, you know, how many drills in a row the player participates in uh, and, and executes it the way that it's supposed to. How many times is it, and you don't really see this often, but how many times do you see a player kind of get called over by the coach and, you know, they got to review it over again and that sort of thing and so based on what i've seen i would have to say that uh, jansen harkins uh is certainly uh, one of those so-called bubble guys i don't i just don't know whether riley nash was ever a bubble guy he's just such a smart cerebral player i think he's going to really help this club on the fourth line or in those circumstances like maybe if they're up by a goal you know, with five minutes to play, uh, Christian, I could really see Riley Nash moving up to the right side with Stastny and Lowry, you know, to try to lock it down uh, until Christian Veselainen gets a few miles under his skates. But uh, so I see Harkins and Nash, and I'm still not sure. I, I know a lot of people who are a ton smarter than me are picking David Gustafson to be that fourth line setter. But I just don't know if there are going to be enough minutes for him to justify that as opposed to the great experience that he'll get playing a normal full season with the Manitoba Moose. So uh, I I would say, you know, that uh, uh, Harkins and Nash, at least in my mind, would be guys that, that you'd be really shocked if they're not there for opening night against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, And then, uh, you know, Gustafson, Svechnikov, uh, they're certainly, uh, you know, both right there. Uh, Dominic Toninato plays a real, real solid fourth line kind of game. Um, I think he'd be ideal uh, as a 13th forward if the Jets decide to go that way. Uh, and then that brings us to Cole Perfetti, doesn't it? It does. And yeah. just, just on the point of Riley Nash, this is a guy that, you know, he scored 15 goals in 2017-18, an explosion for him. He's scored 10 since. Uh, yeah. He's not He's not on this team to score goals. He's on this team to kill penalties. He's on this team to play really solid defensive hockey, which is something that uh, they've been looking for. And in a fourth-line position, he would bring stability there when he's almost certainly going to be playing uh, on either side of him with guys who don't have a ton of NHL experience. Yeah, and come out and win your key faceoffs too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, you probably want to add that to, to the uh, to-do list for Riley Nash. Uh, you know, he's a guy that the Toronto Maple Leafs picked up as a shutdown setter. So, you know, if you're in a scenario, Christian, where there's a faceoff late in the game, but it's not Adam Lowry's strong side, well, it would be Riley Nash's strong side. So, you know, that's why I say, you know, if you're in a lock it down scenario with five minutes to go and you've got Nash and Lowry out there together, you're pretty much guaranteed of, uh, you know, having a 50-50 chance of winning that face-off uh, with those two guys. So, 
Uh, certainly, uh, uh, I, I like him to be on that fourth line. And then, you know, between Tononato, Svechnikov, and boy, I'll tell you, did Paul Maurice, I, uh, did you play the clip of where he spoke so glowingly of Cole Perfetti? Yes, I did. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and, and those are the kind of things, you know, even Cole was talking about some of the things that he accomplished with the Manitoba Moose last year. And not once did he even mentioned goals and assists. So, you know, he's really locked into doing all the little things uh, that will give him a chance. Now, I know in his article on CJOB.com, if you want to go to our Winnipeg Jets page, you can read it. Uh, Ken Weeb surmised that perhaps Cole Perfetti could be the guy that would be between Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler for opening night against Anaheim because Mark Scheifele can't be there. And that allows you, you know, to keep the other three lines intact. It would be. Now, I and I don't think it would be uh, probably feasible if you were playing, say, Colorado or Toronto or Edmonton on opening night. But you're playing the Anaheim Ducks and look down the middle. They're not exactly uh, stacked at, at center ice. So if there ever was a scenario, Christian, that you might entertain doing something like that, opening night against the Anaheim Ducks isn't out of the question. No, I wouldn't put money on it, but certainly it is an option that they're going to look at. And the people that want to see Perfetti in the lineup look at the impact Cole Caulfield had on the Montreal Canadiens when he came into the lineup and completely injected life into that offense. The question would be, for the Jets, where do you put him long term? He could, You could play, play him there on opening night, but then is it just one and done? Well, you know, they played Mark Shifley seven games that very first year, and then sent him back to Barry. Sure, uh, but and then very of course, different circumstance. That team wasn't going to be com- no, they, com- no, competing no, for a playoff spot, let alone a cup. No, 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 but hear me out. But I think in terms of the long-term development, which you just referenced, uh, I think that, uh, you know, if, if Cole shows that he is not overwhelmed by the NHL game and he can do some of those little things the right way, well, then I think, you know, you you take a look at at least letting him start the year with Manitoba, um, or with uh, Winnipeg, rather, before you send him down to Manitoba. The only fly in the ointment here, and to me, Christian, here's the biggest difference between when Mark Scheifele played those seven games and where we are now is the Jets just don't have the cap room uh, to, you know, to give that kind of an opportunity. But I think, uh, you know, when you talk about it from the one-and-done scenario, because it's such a unique situation, I... I don't think it's entirely off the board, but Paul Maurice, you know, in that clip when he was asked about whether Cole Perfetti uh, would be a candidate, he didn't outright say no, but boy, there'd have to be some spectacular things, I think, accomplished in these next two preseason games to, to sway his opinion the other way. Don't you think so? I would think so. And just the, the trend of knowing how Paul Maurice has made decisions in the past would, would tend to indicate that. And just for those uh, keeping math track at home when it comes to the cap you might think oh Perfetti's a teenager he has an $894,000 cap yeah. hit whereas David Gustafson is 817 Nash Tundanato are both 750 and Harkins is 725 so it doesn't yeah. seem like a lot of money but when we're talking about just almost tens of dollars here with little yes. LTIR it all matters yeah for sure it does and and, and you know the other thing too uh is uh you know <laughs> What's best, uh, and Paul Maurice has said this right from the start of training camp, Winnipeg Jets win. 
That's the, that's the number one priority. Everything else takes second billing to that. Uh, but certainly when you're talking about a prospect uh, that is uh, of the quality of Cole Perfetti, the long-range development and what is best for that player also has to enter into the equation. And I don't think it, even those who would be pounding the anvil to say, you know, they got to get young players in there. You know, Maurice hates young players. That's why he'll never play. Uh, no, I, I think in this particular instance, if you take a look at the top six forwards on the Winnipeg Jets, Will Cole Perfetti be better than any of those six? Will he help the Winnipeg Jets win more than any of the current top six? In my opinion, it's no. What's your answer, Christian? I would say no right now, but we've never seen Cole Perfetti play in the NHL. So I, I think it would have to be born of necessity, which is brings us back well, to what, I, what I've seen. What I, yeah, what I've seen in three preseason games. Right. And again, they are preseason, but also what I've seen, uh, you know, in, in practices and scrimmages. Um, if, uh, if you're going to try to convince me that he is going to unseat Mark Shifley or Pierre-Luc Dubois down the middle, or Blake Wheeler, or Nikolai Ehlers, or Kyle Connor, or Andrew Kopp on the wings, I'm going to have a hard time agreeing with you. I, I won't discount it, but I'm just I'm I'm not going to agree with you. Fair enough. Got a couple more minutes. Let's move along to uh, Christian Veselainen, a name that we haven't mentioned yet in this conversation. Yeah. It, was he just, is or should we just pencil or even pen ink him into the third line right wing? Has he earned that spot? No. No, okay. not at all. Uh, and and uh, uh, I'm guessing you probably played the clip of Paul Maurice uh, when he yes. was asked about Evgeny Svechnikov. Uh, and he said, hey, the window's open. You know, the window's open for that third line right winger job. Uh, they, you know, but they also, the thing that Paul said, and I think you have to put a lot of credence in this, Christian, is they're asking Veselainen to play on his off wing. So while, you know, at some point, you got to fish or cut bait. Uh, I think, though, there's a little more patience with that project than there would be for a guy like Svechnikov or somebody else who's been able to play their offside previously and wouldn't be making uh, the adjustment to the degree of difficulty that Christian Veselainen's trying. I, I thought he was better on the weekend, but he's got to keep the needle moving now against Calgary in these next two games. And I, and I really hope, Christian, that they play him with Stastny and with Lowry in both of those games uh, to, you know, to arrive at, to, at a decision on what they're going to do on opening night. I, I, think, I think the young man deserves that. Uh, you know, he's been skating with them a lot in training camp. Well, if they're the guys he's going to play with, let's see what he can do against Calgary. All right, so that brings me to our final thought here then. What do we think we're actually going to see in these final two preseason games, or especially tomorrow night at home? Are we going to see a lineup that very closely will resemble what we should expect the opening night lineup to look like? Yeah, both games. And, you know, uh, unless there has been a change in plan, Connor Hellebuck is going to start between the pipes for both of those games. Uh, I think you'll see, I don't know how much tinkering they'll do because of the Shifley one game suspension remaining, you know, to get ready for Anaheim. Um, so that is the only fly on the ointment, Christian, as far as what they do with the top three forward lines. Uh, but uh, you, I think you'll see a little bit of interchanging uh, in terms of that fourth line. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I think the games will be played at pretty close to an NHL pace. Like I think they'll rival 
what we saw, say, in the first two or three games coming out of the pandemic training camps back in January. Sounds good. Well, look forward to seeing you down at the arena tomorrow, Kelly. Uh, have a good rest. We'll watch the rest of this Red Sox game. Hope for the best, and we'll talk to you on the concourse during the pregame show. Damn, Yankees. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the